Hello, welcome back to the Centrifuge Podcast. My name is Tommy and I'm your host. Today I'm joined by a special guest. We're joined by Charlotte Robson from the new from True Faith Newcastle podcast. She's a Newcastle fan. I am a Newcastle fan. Hi, hi, thanks for having me. <laughs> How are you doing? It's been a long time. Yeah, too long. Sorry, we couldn't make it work last season, could we? Um, I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. I'm very happy to be here. So thank you. Nice to chat. Cheers, cheers. And we're joined by Ollie and we're joined by Rate. How are you guys doing? Ollie's been it's been ages. Yeah, no, man, it's been way too long. How are you getting on? Not bad, not bad. Chelsea's good, life's good, not too bad. Good. And Ray, you. cheers, bro. Ray, how are you? Yo, pretty good. <laughs> you know, the team is doing what it needs to do, and uh, yeah, yeah, we're glad we're moving in the right direction. So, without further ado, um, Chelsea play Newcastle this. So obviously, we're at the international break right now. And after the international break, Chelsea play Newcastle at St. James's Park, which should be a very good game. However, I'm a bit frightened. You guys can understand. Yeah, I am. Because you guys, Newcastle are really strong at home. Albeit, albeit, um, I know you guys have a bit of injury crisis and all that. So, Charlotte, you can take it away. Yeah, so... It's been a bit of a nightmare sort of last month, really, for Newcastle. So um, we've we've lost Sven Botman, who's an integral part of our back line, to a knee injury that all the reports keep saying nobody knows what's wrong. So that's really doesn't bode well. Like nobody knows when he'll be back or what's exactly wrong with his knee or if he'll need an operation or not. Like nobody knows that. Nobody knows about that. Uh, Dan Byrne, another sort of key part of our defensive back line, has broken his back in three places so he won't be yeah so he's not going to be back until um close to like like next year probably january um and then uh in the midfield obviously sandro tonali it's not an injury but he's been banned for 10 months for um betting and, and gambling on his own games when he was at ac milan um and uh, Elliot Anderson, who's not sort of a, a, a staple in the midfield yet, he's out. Um, Callum Wilson's out for six weeks. Um, yeah, it's just it's just been a nightmare. Um, but uh, having said that, I think you are right. Like our home form is very good. Um, we will have Bruno. We should have Alexander Isak back. We will have um, Miguel Almiron. So I think there's enough quality there uh, to to have a pretty good game against you guys next Saturday. It's gonna be it's gonna be crazy because Chelsea are in good place and unfortunately Newcastle are not. But Oli, what can you say? I mean, how Charlotte said, how are you feeling ahead of the game? Um, I think if they were full strength, I would be a mu- much more nervous. Uh, you know that they've had such such bad injury problems lately, Newcastle. It reminds me a lot of sort of Chelsea the last sort of two seasons yeah. or so where we've just had 9, 10, 11, 12 players out at a time. And um, it really damages, you know, you you in the it, it, your whole squad and, and your squad depth, especially when you're in those European competitions as well. That's so difficult. So I think because of that, I think I'd give us the edge just on the form table. But like you say, Newcastle are absolutely massive at home. The fans will be up for it. St. James's Park is always rocking, you know. Uh, and as well... Newcastle don't always play. Newcastle are going to probably end up playing uh, to to sort of our kryptonite a little bit. You know the games against Spurs and against 
uh, Man City were were beneficial to us because they sort of came at us and we were able to get in behind them on the counter. I think Newcastle are going to sit a lot deeper, um, you know, not just because of the injuries, just because I think generally they, they tend to play a little deeper than the likes of City and, and Spurs. So I think it will be a tough game for that reason. So it's a bit of both. It's There's that sort of cautious optimism, but there's also, a you know, a, a real chance that Newcastle could get a result. Yeah. <laughs> Ray, how are you feeling ahead of the game? It's funny you should mention Sandro Tonali. Everybody knows I really don't like him, um, <laughs> even before Newcastle. But I think Newcastle are a team that last season, um, people were saying, you know, they're they not going to make top four, yada, yada, yada. And I saw, like, division in that team. But I think this season kind of reinforced what a lot of people thought, that when it comes to European competitions and whatnot, um, when the rotation needs to happen, eventually people are going to fall down in terms of like injuries and um i didn't think it was gonna be this this bad but it seems like even city have like 10 plus injuries now we've had 12 13 injuries at various points this season um so i didn't think it was gonna be this bad where they're gonna miss this many players um i think when it comes to the low block mid block because they don't really play a low block they play more of a mid block where they're like they press very high so it's not as low as like the Brentfords or some of the other teams we struggle with. It's not going to be the same. It's going to be more open. Another thing is, on paper, this is a team that we should beat just based off the injuries because of how weak their back line is. Um, but knowing Chelsea, this is also another type of game where we're known for giving away points because we'll just pepper a team for like 30, 45 minutes. We'll concede a goal, and then they'll kind of rein it in make a wall and then we just don't score after that so i don't know it's one of those games where it's it's weird um because trippier hasn't been in great form we might see livermento allegedly lewis hall is injured but he's not or he's suspended or something i don't know um but if i'm just looking at it on paper where this is a game we should win based off form and just the players they have out but that's not how the game is played so Oh, I'm 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 sixty forty on 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 us winning when it comes to that game. Um, what's it like being in the Champions League this season? Like for the first time in a long time, what's it like? You guys have a lot of games, and how you? It's tricky. It's been twenty years. It's it was twenty years uh, since we were last in the Champions League, um, and I think we've really struggled with. Um, the volume of games, the travel, the amount of injuries we've got. Now, some of the injuries are just freak injuries. So, like, uh, Jake Murphy dislocating his shoulder, that's a freak injury. That's not, like, a, a typical muscle injury, you know, that you might expect from from overplaying. Uh, Harvey Barnes broke his toe or something. That that's, that's a slightly, like, odd injury. So, some of them are freak injuries. Some of them are just, like, overworked player injuries. Um, and and because of the volume of games, we're not able to train as often. Um, mm-hmm. And Eddie Howe has said that that's a that's an ongoing concern. Like we're not getting the strength and conditioning training. We're not able to train together as much because we're just playing three games a week. And and when do you train? You need to have downtime. So it's been really difficult. Um, I think on the players, and and we're just not used to it. They're they're not used to it. This is the first, like I say, the first season back in twenty years. Um, mm-hmm. And you you go to Dortmund. I I went to Dortmund, and you see a team that is consistent. Like those those players and that like stadium and that place. Like they are used to being in a European competition. They are used to playing this kind of football. 
and um and you do kind of feel like the new kid at school a little bit a bit bewildered a bit sort of overwhelmed by it all um as a fan and so I can imagine what it's like I can only imagine what it's like as a player do you think it's going to sort of disrupt what what you guys at Newcastle are trying to do this season you know you're obviously trying to sustain staying in the top four Champions League you know yeah build like a European atmosphere uh, uh, you know for the first time in 20 years are you are you worried about that are you worried about top four this season now with all the injuries I don't think top four is in our grasp right now because it's only it's gonna get it's only gonna get worse before it gets better now uh, stranger things have happened and the season last year we were we were kind of adrift until about february march and then we went on an absolutely incredible run and finished fourth um so you know you never say never but i don't know um if i don't know if if champions league spots are, are realistic it, it's possible that the fifth spot will go to an English team this year. And it, it's possible that we might just make that. But uh, like we need some serious um, strengthening in January if our players are still all br- battered and bruised like they are right now. Because right now, like our bench is basically the under-21 squad. Um, and, and like, you know, running out sixth formers is is not is not my idea of 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 a team that is going to make it into the top four next se- at the end of the season. That's our uh, strategy gone then. <laughs> oh well, it might work for you. It's not working for us. <laughs> I'm really curious about Newcastle right now because I looked after listening to the episode today, Charlotte. Everybody, go listen to me on um, True Fate. Mm-hmm. True Fate podcast is such a lovely. Like, if you just want to keep listening to Newcastle and stuff, it's such a lovely thing. And Ollie took the question right out of my mouth. Like I was surprised when I saw Newcastle like fourth in the group in the group stage. What am I saying? In the groups. Yeah. Know, I'm a bit surprised, but I just like three points of PSG. So it's gonna be like a crucial moment. Yeah. So I'm actually looking for yeah, yeah, Charlie. It was sorry, I'm just jumping in. Um it, no, yeah, b- being fourth is frustrating because um they don't do like it's not got on goal difference in the group stage. So that's a little bit frustrating because I think our goal difference is better. But um but yeah, it, it is. I, I don't know. I now don't know. You know, after the PSG game, so Newcastle beat PSG four one at home. It was the most incredible night. Nobody expected it. It was really, really brilliant. Um, after that game, I think a lot of us kind of hoped or expected, maybe t- tipping into expected Newcastle to be um a real contender for those top two places in the group. Um, and since then it hasn't gone as well. We've had Dortmund twice, and we've been beaten twice. So um, we have PSG away at the end of this month and then we've got Milan. So those two are now massive games to get something from to at least continue European football. We might not stay in the Champions League, but we could drop into the Europa League and, uh, if we got third place. So that's kind of a, um, a, a hope. But I just, like, with all these injuries, I just I just don't know. Like, strange, like I say, stranger things have happened and we played... We made a lot of changes before our um, game, uh, cup game against City, and we beat City. So, like, I do think that the younger players or the less experienced players have it in them. I just one of those games is away. Our away form isn't brilliant. Without our key players, do we have enough? I, I, I'm not. I'm not convinced. I don't want to sound like a total downer, <laughs> but I, I'm not convinced. I feel like I'm being too negative about them, Newcastle. No, I, d- I don't think so. I think you're being realistic. I think it, it's very easy to get caught up in the furore of having like a, a European season beating PSG 
you know, things like that. But you guys are in a, I would say you're in a better position than you are last season, just by the fact, very fact of being in Europe. But yeah, you can sort of start to see the cracks beginning to show a little bit with the, mm-hmm. with the schedule and things like that. And that's kind of what a lot of people were saying before this, this season anyway, is that we'll, we'll only really see how Newcastle will respond to, you know, to the schedule once they're in it. And, um, and kind of what everyone's expected has happened where, you know, you're sort of, struggling a little bit for fitness which is is which is normal i think um, yeah. um come the end of the season you probably have a strong finish probably you know like on the basis that i personally don't see you getting that far in the champions league per se um you know you might drop into the europa and in that case you might go far but if you say if you just knock straight out then i think you'll have a, a lot more time to focus one like one or two games a week with the cup competitions and stuff and that suits how a lot better uh so yeah, I, I think you guys will be all right. You'll be there or thereabouts by the end of next season. Uh, by the end of the season. Great. What do you think about what specifically about Newcastle and? Yeah, like in terms of like the Champions League, the Champions League run as well, because I'm very much intrigued. You know, it's their first. Oh, season you you remember my tweet, right? I said that it was going to be Milan wasn't going to make it, and I said PSG. No, I said I think PSG and Newcastle were going to make it out of the group. That's what I predicted because I I think Milan have been horrendous this season. And mm-hmm. they've been pretty bad for a while. And I think people just saw the name and they said, oh, it's AC Milan, but it's not really the same team that we've seen over the years. So I was like, okay, Newcastle have a chance to make it. I knew they were. I knew that Newcastle were going to have injuries, but I'm just really surprised about the amount. Like, it's literally mirroring what happened to us a couple of seasons ago. Um, but I think a couple of the players, like, for example... We know Callum Wilson gets injuries here and there. Yeah. Everybody knows Isaac's injury history. Um, Botman and Shaw, like, I think Botman specifically has a couple of uh, instances where he's injured. But, and then, you, is Harvey Bonds pit for you guys, or is he still? No, Harvey Bonds has a, a broken toe. He's, near, he's nearly fit, but he's not fit. Okay. Yeah, him, he gets a couple. So that, that team is filled with some players who aren't. Um, and Joel Linton especially, um, he also has a couple of like times where he's injured too. So I think for them right now it's bad, but I think for us where we got 12 injuries at the beginning of the season, it's good to have it now. So at the end of the season, you have a stronger finish because if you, let's say you go take points off Dortmund and then you beat, take points off someone, let's say you draw and then you win a game, suddenly Europe isn't really um looking that bleak because that that group is kind of close in terms of points um so it's it's not like impossible i think once you get through let's say the december fixtures and and whatnot we'll know where uh the team is going to be but i don't think it's it's bad to come out and have a thinner squad than everyone else and to get knocked out of europe it you know it's, it's the first time back and they surprised everybody by being psg the way they did but yeah that's kind of how I think about the Newcastle situation right now. No, no, I, I think you're absolutely right. I think the, the the call out about like it being very close in that group is a good one. Um, I almost think like it, I'm in two minds, and and Simon mentioned this on our podcast this morning. Um, I'm in two minds because I kind of think maybe it's just best we don't have any more European football and we focus on like the League Cup and the league, and then try and requalify next year. Um, but then from an FFP standpoint. Being in the Champions League is a is a massive thing, 
Um, and we are really restricted on what we can spend. So maybe it is more important that we stay in the Champions League or, or get back into the Champions League. Next season. I, I'm, I'm not sure, but um, I, can't, I just we just need a break. We just need to press pause on the season for like two months, please, and then restart it. That would be great. To be fair, the international break must have helped a little bit. Yeah, I think right. a little bit. So yeah, Isak and Almiron should be back uh, by the time we play you guys, and that that's, that's a massive not nothing, help. you know. Like your your talisman striker. Yeah, no, it's massive. It's massive. For, we were playing last two games we played. We played without a striker. We didn't have one. There was nobody to play. <laughs> so yeah, I'm I'm happy he's back. Yeah. Now personally, I think Newcastle are going to be fine. I know it sounds crazy, but from the outside looking in. I think you guys might make Champions League again, but let me not jinx it. I'll just keep quiet there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Um, Chelsea, Chelsea, Chelsea. Charlotte, have you noticed anything about Chelsea lately compared to last season? Uh, that feels like a totally loaded question because, yes, I've noticed that Chelsea, Chelsea <laughs> are better than they were last season. Chelsea were in... I, like, I was surprised you were finished as high as you did last season it was a bit of a nightmare season I know you were just desperate to get rid of Potter and it was all it was all just it was I remember coming on your podcast and um and you guys were just like crying about how bad (laughs) it was going um what I've really noticed is that Chelsea are starting to find their form just before playing us which doesn't fill me with joy but um but yes, starting to score, starting to, starting to kind of find your shape. Um, uh, and, and also Raheem Sterling seems to be getting into his groove a little bit as well, which is all bad news for us, but you must be buzzing. Yeah, I think we've turned a corner a little bit, for sure. Um, it, I, I think, but as I, as I sort of alluded to before, I think our last two games, while it was against very strong opposition in Spurs and Man City, they also kind of catered to the way that we like to play. I think the reason I think Newcastle might frustrate us a bit is what happens if we, you know, how is a is a really strong tactical um, tactical manager? He has a really really good bead on the game and 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 how to change things in game. And I wonder what will happen if he decides to frustrate us in the way that West Ham and Forest and other teams like that have this season. Because if he does that, you know, nick an early goal, throw Isaac or a penalty or whatever. And then sit back and let us attack you for the rest of the game. You know, I, I wouldn't. I, I personally wouldn't back our attackers to break down a low block at the moment. So it depends really on almost like how willing how is to like go out there and actually attack us as well. So yeah, it'll be an interesting one. I do agree, Ray. How do you feel ahead of the game? Um, like I said, I think. The team that frustrated us are for low blocks. But I think we keep saying that the issue is breaking down a low block, but I don't think the issue is the actual breaking down the low block. I think what we see, especially in the happen in the Brentford game, we got in behind them so many times. Um, we created chances against them so many times. We couldn't finish. And then the mentality changes when the players like realize that everything they're doing is all for naught. And instead of continuing to just create, 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 um, we start to get frustrated and we don't play the way we normally should have. Um, mm. And I think, especially now with the way we played against City, just taking away the whole low block thing, I think it's been more of a mentality thing than it has been um, creating against low blocks because now we have Palmer who can do different things and gives us kind of a different dynamic to our attack that allows us to break down low blocks. The thing is, are we going to finish the chances we get? 
when we create them. Um, with Newcastle, I don't. It's not the same as like Brentford or some of these other guys because right now I think what they they're probably gonna start either Livermento and Trippier or um, Hall and Trippier on the right. And I don't. I, we, trust... I don't think we can play Hall because he's on a loan from you. Oh, is it? No, no. It's it's an obligation. Well, oh. he's still loaned, so it's obligation to buy. But I, I think you're still the parent club. Yeah, but uh, yeah, but I think um, yeah, um, but, okay, not whole, but I think it's gonna end up being Livermento and Trippier yeah, on the left, yeah, or whatever it is. And I, when it comes to Livermento, he's actually a good defender. So if he plays on the right, that's where Raheem is. Uh, Raheem has turned, <laughs> um, what's this guy's Walker. name? Walker. Walker. So I mean, I'm not really worried about that i'm just worried about what's going to happen centrally the midfield because they still have bruno g um mm-hmm. who else do you guys have in midfield because i think joel is an engine long stuff he's he's actually having a, a a good season he's doing the uh the dirty work um long staff joined our big list of injuries with an ankle problem <laughs> oh no <laughs> yeah. yeah okay so bruno g and yeah that midfield battle is one i'll be honest um and then the back line I don't even know who your defenders are because I know Botman and Shaw are both out. So, yeah, Shaw is okay. Shaw is okay. He's he's come back from Switzerland, but he's training. Um, Trippy has come back from the England squad, but it, for, it said for a personal reason, not for an injury reason, and he's also expected to play. Um, I agree with you. I think Livermento will play, and probably Jamal Lascelles. Yeah, Lascelles. It'll be Lascelles and and Shaw. Um, but I think this that's a team where it's not defensively as resolute as some of the other teams we face. So I think defensively we will create chances. The question is, will we finish them? And that's where we have to answer some questions. But if I'm going to use recent history as a as a barometer, maybe we create... I don't know. It can, there's no in Chelsea. You never know how it's going to go against a low block. So I'm not all the way... We never come back the same from an inter- no. international break. No. So And then and sometimes we'll do the charity FC thing, so... True, true. I mean, Newcastle, yeah, true that, true that, actually. Yeah. The last thing I'm saying is I'm predicting a win. It's not going to be any kind of a... It's not going to be like a one-sided beating. Um, also, the thing is, if Eddie Howe does decide he wants to try to come at Chelsea, then that's probably the worst thing he can do. And he will, he will rue that if he tries to do that. But if he does try to actually um, camp in a little bit, play... Maybe a mid block instead of a low block, he can probably get some change out of the game. But I don't think this either. It comes a win for us or a draw. I don't see it being um, like a one nil or anything. No, I don't see that. I think I think Newcastle will try and play for a draw. Oh. I think a draw. I think a draw would be a good result for us at the moment. I think that's what I mean. I think given the given the injuries and everything right now for them, I think they'd be happy with any kind of result from us. Yeah, they're playing at home though. I hear you. I hear. You. They're playing at home and they're trying to... Because, you know, after this, I think they play like... Um, Charlotte, I know you guys have like a tough fixture list starting with Chelsea, right? Oh, so, it's, yeah. it's horrendous. Going into Christmas, um, we've got you guys. Then we've got um, a PSG away. Then we've got Manu at home. Then we've got... Um, do we have... No, we have you in the cup, but that's later. Um We've got a few trips. I think we've got maybe it's Milan at home after that. Um, 
oh, we've got Everton away in, in the midweek. We've got a trip to Spurs. We've got Milan. We've got Fulham coming to us. Then we've got you guys in the cup again. Um, we've got Luton, which is a bit of respite. And then Nottingham Forest, which is a bit of respite. But that, that takes us up to Christmas. So it's, it is a, it's a pretty mingang fixture list from now for a team that is severely depleted. But you've got to play the card. Everton away, um, the whole 10-point deduction thing. And the way yeah, they've been playing good. as of late, I think they're going to yeah. be one of the tougher fixtures on the lower end of the table. Um, and they're going to surprise a couple of teams. Agreed. And I think, yeah, Daesh plays some really sort of like shit football. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to play Everton soon as well. So we both share that problem. Um, Yeah. Yeah. um, Yeah. There's a lot of similarities between Chelsea and Newcastle, if you ask me. I mean, it will be, I mean, we could loan you some players if you want. Like we have a few centre backs we're not using. We have Badia Chile. We have who else? We guys? dare we have... say his name. Why would we loan them our best centre back? I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> we have a few centre backs. You know, we you know spare a few players. We have a few centre midfield players as well. Yeah, and I'm not too sure. What do you guys think? You want to you, you want to give them uh, Andre Santos? Uh, that's not a bad loan. Actually, yeah, that's not a bad loan. Ollie, what do you think? Like, we have a few players. You know, we have Madueke. You have a big squad. You have a big big squad. What? When everyone's fit in their midfield, probably Santos doesn't get a sniff. But at the moment, yeah, he'd start every game. Yeah. <laughs> they need it. And honestly, way, I would take probably... it. We just need some people. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, before we call it a day, let's talk about Newcastle's first trophy. So I'm actually intrigued by this because... I, and actually, Charlotte, your, your podcast, when I was listening, I was actually like amazed by it because I didn't really think about it till you guys brought it up. I was like, oh, shit, it's true. So, yeah, I mean, Newcastle, for your first trophy, I think you're going to have to wait a little longer because I know <laughs> you guys <laughs> I know you guys knocked out United, right? And I know there's a whole beef because, obviously, I wanted you guys to win the Carabao Cup last season and I know there's a whole beef between Manu and Newcastle and you guys knocked them out. But I think this season... Because Chelsea, I mean, Todd Bowley is also looking for his first trophy. But I think you guys might have to wait a bit longer. But Charlotte, what do you think? Where's your first you think you're gonna, You think you're going to knock us out? You think you're going to knock us out? Oh, on the 90%. If it's a cup, I back us. I back ourselves 100% to just Not the month away. We, we don't know who will be back. I, you know, I think stranger things... I think... I keep saying that stranger things have happened. But I do, I think... Um, I think that the the cup game is probably our time to shine. It's where people like don't expect it. It's um people didn't expect us to beat City. We did. We didn't expect us to beat Man U. We did. And then we drew Chelsea. I'm sure if we get through, we'll get like fucking Liverpool or something like that. Sorry for swearing. Um, but every to be fair, if you beat all three of us, you deserve to win it. Yeah, please give us just give us Port Vale if we get through. Just like some kind of like slightly rubbish team. Just give us a break. But um. No, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I think that'll be a really good game. I should be at that game. Um, so just before Christmas, a little trip down. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. But um, I don't know. I think, I think the, the, the caliber of opposition that we've already beat, I think we've got enough in us to, to beat you guys. But again, it is away from home. It's, it's, it's at, it's at Stamford Bridge, and I think that that will play into your hands a little bit more. True. But then we're also Tobol is looking for his first trophy as well. So it's it's, it's crazy. Well, know? that makes two of two of us. <laughs> Wait, when we played them at St James Park, did we draw last season? Nah, we lost woefully. Oh, the one no. Yeah, it was a woeful performance. Oh, okay, yeah. And then they came yeah. at home and we almost beat them. Okay. 
one one. Yeah, I didn't watch that. Yeah, was last one, one. season. I watch it. Yeah. yeah, I watched that game. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, at the end of May. Sorry, sorry, Oli. What can you say about like Newcastle's first potential trophy? I mean, you know, did well, it'll have been a while. <laughs> uh, uh, what is it? Your last trophy you won it. You won it in yeah, like the fifties, was it? We Long won the um, the Intercity Fairs Cup, and we won the um, the FA Cup in fifty five and fifty six. I think. Oh, and this first cup was in the 60s and that's the last time we won anything well i think it's fair to say so I, while, while i could sort of rib, rib the club about that obviously newcastle's a massive historic club and nobody's nobody's um disputing that at all i think i think to be honest you're you're well on your way to to getting your first trophy you know first um uh, you know, you're only a few years sort of removed now from your takeover and um, you've already been in a final. Uh, you know, you've got much more financial backing to come in. You've got more Champions League football. Everything is on the way up for Newcastle right now. So uh, I think uh, I think you'll get it sooner rather than later as well. I hope so. But that means beating you guys. <laughs> yeah, not in the cup, though. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Right. Sorry. <laughs> Ray, oh, yeah. what do you think? Because... Ray, what do you think? Because Man City, it, I think I, Chelsea. I can't remember Roman Abramovich's first trophy. You guys can remind me, but I know Man City won the first FA Cup. I think like two, two few years after the takeover. It was the FA Cup, wasn't it? Yeah, Man City. The League well, Cup. Do you I think. Chelsea... Pardon? League Cup. I think you won. I think Chelsea won the League Cup, didn't they? Oh, okay. That was uh, that was Roman's first. Interesting. I Interesting. can Google it, but I think that's right. Interesting, and I know Man City's oh, first. Five, I think. Oh, I see. And Man yeah, because all four we won the league. Mm. You see? Oh yeah. Man City's first trophy was the FA Cup a few years after the takeover. So I think it's gonna happen eventually. It's just that first, it's always that first one. Once you get that first one, it's gonna be difficult, really. Once you get it, oh, then the rest it, of... it, it as like a no, but the thing is I think the landscape, like I don't think anybody's anyone's gonna shake the traditional top six for a long time. Like nobody's gonna enter it and stay in there like for example like when people said brighton coming in one of the reasons why brighton can never be the top six no matter let's say they get top four one season and at some point all their players are going to get raided because the big teams are going to raid the best players or whatever type of players they need and then they're going to go back down but newcastle i think with them you never know what's going to happen because newcastle actually do have some sort of a history but i feel like there is a little bit of a ceiling with newcastle whereas with brighton um, they're going to be fluctuating in and out of the, the the bottom half and the top half of the table just because of how good of a developmental uh, team they are, but they're still a, a selling club. Newcastle have money, but I don't know if they're going to be able to pull the same way that even Spurs, like, even if Spurs were like 7th or 8th, they still have some sort of being a, a big 6 club where they can pull players. And with Newcastle, um, your big money signing with Tenali is now kind of has gambling issues. Some of the other players you're going to be linked with, they're going to be really, really good, but are they going to be players who are going to be ceiling raisers like some of the other top six clubs have? Because even now we have a lot of players in these top six clubs that have potential, but mm. like the potential is very high. With Newcastle, you, the money you know... To do it. I got I to gotta disagree there, to be honest, because I feel like the sky's the limit for Newcastle because they've mm-hmm. got, they're, they're the richest club in the world. By by a, a massive massive margin, you know, like sooner rather than later, we need to be expecting them to win the big stuff, you know. Yeah. No, but what is sooner rather than later? Because in the next well, five I mean years, is, I don't think there is a ceiling on the squad. As it, well, I don't think there's a ceiling on the club, as it were. Maybe this season, sure, but I don't know after that. 
I'd also counter you because uh, you know we were we were nineteenth when Kieran Trippier agreed to join the club, and after he agreed to join, Bruno Guimaraes agreed to join. We were nineteenth. Those two players came from uh, Lyon and and Madrid. That that you know, I think we do, I think whoever does our selling is very good at their job because they obviously sold them the vision because they couldn't sell them the league position. But I think I think that there is there is a pull there. There is a pull for certain teams, and obviously there's money. Um, we're, we're we're very careful with FFP. Our owners are incredibly aware of it and really really careful about it. But that there's a lot of money. There's a lot of wages to be had and things like that for the for the right player. I'll also say, sorry to get on my high horse, um, <laughs> about um like things like players for ceiling raises or players for the future. If you look at Tino Livramento, we paid a lot of money for him, but that player looks like he is going to excel and he's still so young as well there are there are so many years ahead of him of him being absolutely mint so um i, I think we do have a pull i get what you mean we don't have this historic you know 10 years at, in in the top six but i think people can see what the project is and they, they can buy into that no i don't i'm not saying you're not going to get good players but i think every single big six club has like like tino Livermento. when i look at him I think he's going to be one of those players that's bordering on superstar level. I don't know if he could reach that level. Um, and I think that's what every club is going to need. Um, and I think you guys are going to have the money to bring in top talent, but I wonder if it's going to be enough to break into that consistent mm-hmm. mode of being in the top six. So basically pushing one of the top six out yeah. permanently, basically. And that's something I, I thought initially Newcastle was a threat, but... When I look at kind of how FFP is now, and even some of the other clubs in the top six that kind of go in and out of it, they still have a certain notoriety. And I wonder if Newcastle can build on that. Maybe we won't see that within the next five years, like Oli might think. But maybe in 10 years, we'll probably see one of the traditional top six pushed out. But I think for the near future, I'm not, sh- I'm not sure about that. Like the, the near five, the first, the next five years, I'm not, I'm not really sure if Newcastle will be there. But I do think they'll be in and out of the top four, um, but not a permanent staple of it. That's kind of what I'm wondering what Newcastle's stealing is, and I don't know uh, because you guys just began. But we'll see within the next couple of seasons and we'll be able to see kind of where the trajectory of the club is going. But it's positive no matter what, I think, whether you guys become a – permanent top six club and you push out one of the other six or you just become a team who gets Champions League football every season or every other season. Um, it, it's looking bright if you're a Newcastle fan. But I do think that, yeah. though. Yeah. Um, personally, I think it's no more... Uh, personally, I don't think it's a top six anymore. I think it's a top seven. But if you're going to push out anybody, I think it'd be Spurs. Because we had this conversation the last time and Tori was like, you probably push out Spurs before you push out Chelsea. Um, before we end the episode, can we speak about a controversial topic? Charlotte, you might not like this. Mm-hmm. But I want to bring <laughs> I want to bring it up. And I'm curious to know Oli's and Ray's perspective on this, actually, because as you all know, once the takeover happens, you get that first manager that comes in and everything's well. But then the club suddenly begins to have ambitions and stuff. To say this, do you guys think I mean, Charlotte, I'm really sorry because Eddie Howe is such a lovely guy. But how long do you think Eddie Howe might be in the job for? Let me ask this to Oli and Ray before comes Charlotte. Oli, how long do you think Eddie Howe might be in the job for? Because if you remember Chelsea, I think we had Ranieri, then we had Mourinho because he wanted a winner. And on Man City, they also have Mark Hughes 
And then they went for Mancini because they wanted a winner. And now Newcastle in the Champions League. And it's going to be... Do you think it might be a bit too much for how? What do you think, Oli and Ray? It's a good question. Um, I, I think as long as he keeps winning in terms of like the short term and as long as he keeps kind of like working up to the expectations expected of him by the fans and, and, and the board and stuff, I think they'll be okay. He'll be okay. But I agree in terms of like that kind of long term, who do you want as your finisher? And I'm not entirely sure if he's that guy. And not... Uh, I'm not saying he isn't that guy. Just we haven't seen it yet because we've not seen him like in European competitions as much or in many knockout games and things like that. You know, on the on the biggest biggest stages. So it might be that Howe is like the perfect guy to set up. You know, uh, set up a fastball right down the middle for someone to knock it out of the park and whoever the next guy is, right? But I I'm just not hundred percent convinced if he's there. Don't get me wrong, brilliant coach. Um, just don't know if he's the guy to win Newcastle the Champions League in ten years, for example. Yeah, exactly. Because eventually, you guys are going to become successful and you're going to want more and more. It's just how it works, really. You're just going to be like, oh, you're not sure. But then I wish him all the best. I hope he proves us wrong. I really do hope he proves us wrong. Me too. Ray, what do you think? Ray, what do you think? I don't think Eddie has the guy. Um, I think it's just, again, this is just my gut feeling. (laughs) There's there's nothing to really back this. For, For like... He's the type of guy that can take you to top four, but like, is he the type of guy that the um, investment fund would look and say, okay, this guy is going to win us a league title? I just don't see it. Um, I think every club has to go through their Ranieri, and then they have to go get their Mourinho. I don't know who that Mourinho could be. Let's say it's Abby Alonso or some of these newer age managers, um, but I don't think Eddie Howe is the type of guy. Like, he he'll probably be like their Pochettino of what, what Spurs were. Like, they'll be, mm-hmm. you know, top four. Like, let's say, like, top four doesn't necessarily mean you're just scraping top four. You could be third a season. You can be second a season. You could almost challenge a season. But is he going to get them across the finish line? Probably not. Um, that's why I think that when the realization does hit that he does have to go, or maybe I'll be proven wrong and he, it's not, it's not going to be a situation where he doesn't have to go, but if it comes to that point two or three years down the line where they see that there's a ceiling on this guy um, in terms of what he can do, if they get, because, the, again, they have a thin squad, so they're going to slowly get the players they need. But if it comes to the point where they've gotten enough players where they say, okay, this squad is enough to really challenge or do this or do that, and he doesn't perform, then they'll get rid of him. Um, and I don't know if there are that many managers that can win you a league title because all the other guys are kind of, who won a league title have already done it, and there's a very tiny pool of those managers right now. So who could maybe t- Thomas Tuchel might come, or Nagelsmann, or some of these other guys might might be available at that point in time. But you know that's that's four or five years from now. Uh, they'll probably have to, to really build their team in the next three years, and then after that, they're gonna decide on Eddie Howe. Yeah, um, Charlotte. Before you come in, I just want to add a bit of context. We love Eddie Howe, no doubt, because like. <laughs> <laughs> the context is, I remember Newcastle were under was the previous manager's name, the guy you guys don't like, Bruce, and you guys were yeah, like we're 19th. <laughs> you guys were like 19th or something. Eddie Howe came in and did that mm-hmm. incredible run and stuff. So, like, we're so, see me saying weird, but I mean, I know you guys are so thankful to Eddie Howe and I get that, no problem. It's just, you know, in the future, perhaps not the future, but like in the near future, you know. So, yeah, basically, what do you think about Eddie Howe's? Yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, I get what you're saying, right? I think, like, I think if you are starting to look at that, like, extra, extra level in, like, four or five years, 
and we haven't got there yet with him, maybe that is a conversation for then. Or maybe he would make the call himself and say, I've, I've gone as far as I can, because he does do that. Right. He's He's got right. a lot of integrity as a manager. Um, yeah. I don't. It's I, a nitpick, I think... to be fair, because everything else for him is going so well at the moment. You know, like I think it's it's not even necessarily a criticism to say that like he's not going to yeah. be that guy in ten years to win you the league or the Champions League, because yeah, that's and, so and... far away, and that's not what you need now anyway. Exactly. I think I think he's exactly what we need now. He's a really talented tactical manager who is, has show, proven in the last two years that he can make pretty much every player he gets his hands on better. And I think that that's what we need. We need because we're also because of FFP, we're not going to be able to go out and do a marquee sixty million pound signing every single transfer window. We're going to have to be clever with it, and we're going to have to buy maybe younger players who haven't shown their their sort of colours yet and and put them under the tutelage of Eddie Howe and get him to get make them better and I think he's that manager um so in terms of sort of what the future holds I don't know um but he's not even nearly done with Newcastle United yet and and I'm pleased about that because I think he's brilliant love that I love that all right Charlotte um final question Mm -hmm. what was it like what was it like having Kylian Mbappe in Newcastle I wish I could answer that, but it was like he barely arrived. You know, he didn't re- didn't really even turn up that game. Um, yeah, it was cool. You know what was surreal? Because uh, you get into the Champions League, you think, "Oh my God, we're in the Champions League." You don't really think about the teams that you're going to get. Or no. I didn't because I we're not used to this. This is like I say, the first time in twenty years. So you get into the Champions League and you think, "Oh wow, the Champions League," and then you get drawn in the group of death with Milan, PSG and um, Dortmund. And then you realise that those players have to come to Newcastle and it's kind of crazy. Um, <laughs> obviously, like we didn't see Kylian Mbappe's best side when he came to Newcastle at St. James's Park and it was just the most euphoric night beating them <laughs> in the way that we did. But I yeah. am definitely worried that he's got a vendetta now. <laughs> We're going to play him in a week <laughs> and a bit. And he's going to prove just exactly what he can do to Newcastle. But having him there was great. Having any of these calibre of players there is great. Showing off what the city is like, you know, hey, come and play for us one day. That might be a fun thing to do. Um, it's, uh, it was yeah, it good was advertisement for the support of the team as well. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's our yeah. chance to shine. All right, Charlotte. Thank you so much for coming. Oli, you too. And Ray, thank you guys. So good to have you. Oli, would you like to round us up before we call it a day? Yeah, sure thing. I mean, we've had a, a great discussion today uh, about mainly about Newcastle and the Chelsea game and, and what we're expecting. So do interact with this podcast, do interact with this show online, you know, follow Tommy and follow all the people in this call as well, because I'm sure Tommy will have all that linked out for you. Uh, if you want to follow me, my I'm uh, at, at the Bridge Pod on uh, on Twitter. Well, at least that's my podcast. And I'm at Ollie J Carpenter. Um, yeah, uh, we've had a great time. And again, Tommy, thanks for having me. Cheers, Oli. Great. What are we saying? Up to Chelsea. Um, <laughs> if you guys know, you guys know my agenda on Sandro Tonali that will continue when he comes back from the suspension. Um, and to be quite honest with you, I do hope Newcastle does uh, continue their run up because I think the league needs to raise its levels um, so we as fans can be entertained. Um, and I hope you guys all have a great weekend. This is Ray's Razor signing out. <laughs> It was great. Charlotte, thank you so much for coming. Would you like to say something before? No, you... thank you. 
Thank you so much for having me. If anybody's interested in Newcastle United podcast, I realise this is a Chelsea podcast and you might not be. Um, we're the True Faith Newcastle United podcast. You can find us on all platforms. I'm at Charlotte Hope on Twitter. And uh, yeah, really looking forward to the game on Saturday. Can't wait. Cheers. It's such a lovely podcast. Ollie's podcast as well. And Charlotte's podcast, The True Faith. It's such a lovely, lovely podcast. Thank you for listening and have a good night. And up the Chelsea. Hope we do win. It was going to be a draw, I think.